Section 107 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain Letter 138 London, April 15th, Old Style, 1751 My dear friend, What success with the graces, and in the accomplishments, elegancies, and all those little nothings so indispensably necessary to constitute an amiable man? Do you take them? Do you make a progress in them? The great secret is the art of pleasing, and that art is to be attained by every man who has a good fund of common sense. If you are pleased with any person, examine why. Do as he does, and you will charm others by the same things which please you in him. To be liked by women, you must be esteemed by men, and to please men, you must be agreeable to women. Vanity is unquestionably the ruling passion in women, and it is much flattered by the attentions of a man who is generally esteemed by men. When his merit has received the stamp of their approbation, women make it current, that is to say, put him in fashion. On the other hand, if a man has not received the last polish from women, he may be estimable among men, but will never be amiable. The concurrence of the two sexes is as necessary to the perfection of our being as to the formation of it, Go among women with the good qualities of your sex, and you will acquire from them the softness and the graces of theirs. Men will then add affection to the esteem which they before had for you. Women are the only refiners of the merit of men. It is true they cannot add weight, but they polish and give lustre to it. Apropos, I am assured that Madame de Blot, although she has no great regularity of features, is notwithstanding excessively pretty and that, for all that, she has as yet been scrupulously constant to her husband, though she has now been married above a year. Surely she does not reflect. That woman wants polishing. I would have you polish another reciprocally. Force, assiduities, attentions, tender looks, and passionate declarations on your side will produce some irresolute wishes, at least on hers, and when even the slightest wishes arise, the rest will soon follow." As I take you to be the greatest juris perutus and politician of the whole Germanic body, I suppose you will have read the King of Prussia's letter to the Elector of Mayence, upon the election of a King of the Romans, and on the other side, a memorial entitled, Impartial Representation of What is Just with Regard to the Election of a King of the Romans, etc. The first is extremely well written, but not grounded upon the laws and customs of the empire. The second is very ill-written, at least in French, but well-grounded. I fancy the author is some German, who has taken it into his head that he understands French. I am, however, persuaded that the elegance and delicacy of the King of Prussia's letter will prevail with two-thirds of the public, in spite of the solidity and truth contained in the other piece. Such is the force of an elegant and delicate style. I wish you would be so good as to give me a more particular and circumstantial account of the method of passing your time at Paris. For instance, where is it that you dine every Friday, in company with that amiable and respectable old man, Fontenelle? Which is the house where you think yourself at home? For one always has such a one, where one is better established, and more at ease than anywhere else. Who are the young Frenchmen with whom you are most intimately connected? Do you frequent the Dutch ambassadors? Have you penetrated yet into Count Canutz's house? Has Monsieur de Pinatelli the honor of being one of your humble servants? And has the Pope's nuncio included you in the Jubilee? Tell me also how freely you are with Lord Huntington. Do you see him often? 
Do you connect yourself with him? Answer all these questions circumstantially in your first letter. I am told that Duclos's book is not in vogue at Paris, and that it is violently criticized. I suppose that is because one understands it, and being intelligible is now no longer the fashion. I have a very great respect for fashion, but a much greater respect for this book, which is, all at once, true, solid, and bright. It contains even epigrams. What can one wish for more? Mr. Will, I suppose, have left Paris by this time for his residence at Toulouse. I hope he will acquire manners there. I am sure he wants them. He is awkward, he is silent, and has nothing agreeable in his address. Most necessary qualifications to distinguish one's self in business, as well as in the polite world. In truth, these two things are so connected that a man cannot make a figure in business, who is not qualified to shine in the great world, and to succeed perfectly in either the one or the other, one must be in intrumque paratus. May you be that, my dear friend, and so we wish you a good night. P.S. Lord and Lady Blessington, with their son Lord Mountjoy, will be at Paris next week, in their way to the south of France. I send you a little packet of books by them. Pray go wait upon them as soon as you hear of their arrival, and show them all the attentions you can. End of section 107. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.